So I want to talk today about the clean slate effect or giving students a fresh start. And this also translates into giving yourself a fresh start. The bigger topic is seeing the humanity in yourself and seeing the humanity in others. So first I'll start with a little story. I put up the last podcast and I must have done it about 20 times before I was satisfied. I had a great script. I did all my research. If you notice, I have about nine points of research. And I've been thinking about this topic for a very long time on the last podcast. And I listened to it a few times. And last night on the train, I got a little bored of my audio that I was listening to by a famous author. And I listened to my own podcast. And I heard a big mistake on the podcast. So I want to apologize for the mistake, first of all. But I sort of don't want to take it down because it sounds pretty good. And it led me to start thinking about accepting the humanity in others and accepting the humanity in ourselves. How this relates to classroom management is that each day when I look at my students, I have to start seeing them with a fresh, clean slate. This is one of the things that I used to love about teaching at the high school level. As a new teacher, I would start my day and most likely come in having drunk maybe two or three cups of coffee, maybe even a whole pot, and I would still have those old grudges from the day before. I would walk into the classroom, look at my students, and think about the students who disrupted the lesson, about how I had this wonderful lesson and things didn't go well because this student called out and this student wanted to use the pass and that student wanted to follow them and how if the students would only behave and listen to me, it would be a great class. And then one of my little darlings would come up to me and give me a great big smile and all of my grudges would melt away. And then it was in that moment I would start to think, I really love teaching because what other profession allows me to have such human contact where a person did something completely to turn the lesson topsy-turvy the day before. I may have sent them out of the classroom. I may have admonished them. That's what I did when I was a new teacher. But here they were, accepting all of my consequences with a big smile and giving me a hello, miss. And only once in a blue moon would I have a student who would also hold a grudge like me and in that, in that instant, it would be like the law of physics where an Im immovable object meets an irresistible force or something like that, and we would collide. And there would be my problem. Because later did I realize in the day that 
I needed to give each and every student a fresh start every day in spite of what they did the day before. Now, when later I became a dean and students got into deeper trouble, which caused them to be suspended from school, back in those days a lot of suspensions were given out, was the days of zero tolerance, it would be my immature and new introduction to the dean's office to, again, hold grudges against the student or have power over them. And later I realized that the students were doing the very best that they could and that they needed to learn a new way to behave. Many of the students who got suspended or got a lesser consequence, such as in-house suspensions, came to their own conclusions. And this is really what we want them to do. And they knew what they were doing. They knew the rules that they broke and they knew that they did something wrong and they were willing to accept the consequences and indeed they wanted to be forgiven. Most students want to go back to class and do the work. And it was me who was holding the grudge. Again, I learned that we need to give students a fresh start. And it was only two or three years into my deanship that I realized that I had to soften up and start to do the same that I used to do in the classroom. That students are still in the phase of learning to grow and they're learning how to control themselves and how to self-regulate and that I needed to see the humanity in others. Now, some students also need a little bit of instruction or direct instruction or guidance on how to change a behavior. This is especially true with students who have disabilities. There are some students with disabilities who need extra scaffolding, extra guidance, and extra encouragement to follow the rules, to stay on task, and to basically sustain their uh, behavior and their attention in the classroom. And if I see the humanity in them and understand the source of their frustration, it really helps me to be a better teacher. Sometimes what happens with teaching is that we come in with a lens where we are frustrated or we are overwhelmed. And I can say this for myself, when I was teaching five classes or teaching three classes with a coordination period, it was easy to start seeing things in black and white. It was easy to start seeing um, you should have, you could have, you would have, and to start lecturing or having power over students. And the longer I taught, the longer I coordinated, the more experience I had, I started to see that everything is not black and white, that there is his side of the story, her side of the story, and then there's everyone's side of the story. And knowing that everybody has a side of the story helped me to be a better listener and to help either students come to their own conclusion 
or to issue the consequence without I told you so. And this took a lot of maturity, energy, time, and sometimes reaching out to other colleagues who had more experience than me, who had different temperaments than me, and who could guide me along or give me advice. And on that note, part of my teacher growth, and I share this with you, because I feel it's important, part of my teacher growth came through teacher reflection. And I think that seeing the humanity in myself also helps me to become a more reflective teacher. And as I became a more reflective teacher, I was able to see how to improve my relationships with students and how to offer them that fresh start, that good listening ear, listening to all the sides of the story and helping them or guiding them to come to their own conclusions. And this is what we want to aim for in the long run because when students come to their own conclusions, they are learning to self-monitor and self-assess their own behavior. And this is even true in the academic process. When students know that they've made an error or they know that their writing doesn't look quite right or their product isn't the best that it can be, it's much more of a self a self uh, learning process than as if I would tell them as the teacher you should change this or you have to fix that I mean that's part of the process of being a teacher too but we want to move students toward independence self-determination self-monitoring and self-assessment and what I've learned to do is I've learned to guide students along rather than telling them what to do and let's face it this is the ideal as a teacher as well. I learned more from bosses and supervisors who guided me along in the process or gave me a good resource than bosses who told me what to do and admonished me for things that they didn't feel were done very well. Bosses or supervisors who listen are able to build capacity, whereas the supervisors and the bosses that I've had that have power over just basically scare you into submission. And I think the same is true with students, but it, it is very hard to practice at times because at times we are juggling so many balls in the air and we're doing so many things and the stresses are so uh, coming down from us, coming down to us from so many places, from the district, from the school, the department, what the parents want. Sometimes those stresses do cause us to react. And we have to then accept the humanity in ourselves and understand that there may be a need for help, outside help, in terms of working with a trusted mentor, a colleague, having a resource such as a training, or something that can help us just to slow down and to stop in the moment and take a deep breath, to take a break from what we're doing and try to switch our brain and do something different. I found that reflective teaching really helped the process with student behavior as well. Sometimes I would sit down at the end of the day 
and write in my journal and talk about the things that happen in my class and just let the thoughts run out in a string over and over and over again until I could come to the conclusion of what I might have done differently or a resource I could have had to stop the situation from happening. I could have done something preventative or I could have changed my lesson, made sure my lesson was tighter or different or more engaging. Sometimes those things really help. When I write in my journal and I look at my own teacher behaviors and I accept my humanity, it really, really helps. So I'd like to go back to the clean slate approach for a minute. I think that it's very counter to what we've been brought up to think about. We've been always brought up to think about mistakes are bad, failures are not acceptable. If you make a mistake, you should cover it up because others will see it. And I think that part of creating a positive and inclusive learning community is to value that mistakes are part of the process, that even failure may be part of the process, but it is a learning process. So if students make a mistake, they need to know that they are human, they can uh, fix the mistake, and even if the mistake is so egregious and there has to be a consequence such as a suspension or a removal, the student can be guided to think about what they did and how they could have changed the situation. And if a student needs, has ongoing behavioral issues where they need to be reevaluated for to go to another setting, we can help the process along by being less judgmental, by treating the student with dignity, by recording the behavior objectively and not gossiping about the student or ventilating with our emotions with other professionals. Because sometimes this happens and teachers get and counselors get themselves tied up in a knot because they're frustrated. And the whole idea, if we think about it, is to treat the student with dignity, even if they have to go to another setting. Even if the parent is pushing back, we have to continue to uh, be strong and record the behavior and be as objective as possible and consider the services that the student needs. So that's part of the Fresh Start initiative, that the Fresh Start and the Clean Slate is to help the student get the services that they need. The clean slate may be to, yes, transfer them to another setting. However, they too have the opportunity to start all over again. Now, seeing the clean slate in myself is, is or seeing the clean slate from an adult point of view means that we have to change our thinking and our attitude about what it means to be perfect and that perfectionism is only another form of people pleasing. That sometimes we fall short of the expectations of another person or we don't intentionally do that but we don't see what another person sees. And having a fresh start means being able to 
do it differently the next time, accepting that we were maybe under stress or didn't understand the situation and that we can always have continuous improvement. And this is so important in the realm of the positive learning community because if we don't accept ourselves and the, our own failings, we're going to be drowned in shame, blame, and sorrow. And the job will become a burnout job. And the students will feel it and our colleagues will feel it. And what happens after that? We usually use negative language and then things happen, little accidents. Um, we're unhappy and we give off that vibe. So it's so important to think about this fresh start, clean slate each and every day. And on that note, I am going to unwind this um, podcast for now and uh, apologize for the small mistake I made on the last podcast. And if you don't pick it up, that's one thing. But I um, made a mistake when I was talking about students with disabilities and I um, it, w- it wasn't a mistake as far as statistics or anything, but I said I compared them to uh, an ethnic category, which I didn't mean to do. I meant to just speak about a statistic uh, students with disabilities. So again, I, I apologize, but I do accept the humanity in myself. And if I decide to take that podcast off, it'll, it'll be done all over again. So that's how I will um, see the humanity in myself and apologize to my listeners. Thank you very much.